0: Welcome to the Mothering Wildlife Podcast. I'm Elizabeth, a zoo professional working full time and also a mom to two little boys. I know firsthand how challenging the zoo field can be physically, mentally, and emotionally. I also know how much work it is to raise tiny humans. I want to share the stories of those moms who are out there caring for wildlife and caring for kids. My hope is that this podcast can build a community of moms sharing ideas and supporting each other because we're all in this together. We're all just mothering wildlife. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Mothering Wildlife Podcast. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm your host. So I just have to apologize right off the bat, because these dang crickets that are in my house, I'm not sure if you can hear them in the background as I record this, but... They are so loud, and I have tried now for the past, like, two or three minutes to get them to be quiet so that I could sit here and record this intro for you all, and they just won't. So I apologize if you can hear them. If it's not the crickets, it's the frogs. I mean, it is summer in Florida, so that's basically what you get when you try to sit down and record a podcast at 1045 at night, so... Apologies if you can hear the crickets, but you know what? We're a wildlife podcast, so enjoy the crickets if you can hear them. They are singing their beautiful song. Anyway, um, so this is kind of back to school season for most of us, um, I bet. Uh, We actually started school really early here in Florida. We started last week on Thursday, um, and then this week is kind of our first full week of school. And I have a funny story about my seven-year-old. I love him so much. His name is Silas, and he is just smart, and he's funny, and he's quirky, and, you know, he loves to dance, and the kid does not care what anyone thinks in the slightest about him. You know, he kind of walks around with his head in the clouds most of the time, and that's what I love the most about him, but... He also makes me really nervous when I have to send him out into the world and, you know, rely on him to kind of make decisions for himself about where he needs to be. Um, So on Thursday when school started him and I were having a conversation about where he needed to go after school on Thursday because for the past couple of years, he's just stayed at school with their after-school program. And this year, we actually decided to send him to another after-school program that's off-campus. He's going to be going with his best friend, but they have to take a bus to get there. So him and I were talking about, what are you going to do after school? We need to catch the bus. Do you know where to catch the buses at? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know where to catch the buses at. I'm like, okay, great. You know, just so you realize you can't just get on any bus. You actually have to catch the bus, you know, that has the name of the place where you're going on the side of it. So make sure that you get on the right bus. I said, okay, who are you going to ask if you need help finding that bus? And he looked at me and he was like, well, I'll just ask you. And I was like, Silas, bud, I'm not going to be at school, so you can't just ask me. I'm at work. (laughs) I'm not going to be at school, so who else can you ask? And he just kind of looked at me perplexed, and I was like, you can ask your teacher. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll ask my teacher. I'm like, yes, please ask your teacher. I won't be there. Um you know, I guess I should be flattered that he's thought that, you know, mom knows everything. I'll just ask mom. That's great, but I just was like shaking my head inside. I was like, "Oh my goodness, I just I worry sometimes about him going out in the world and just being able to think critically and figure things out for himself, but he did it." and he got on the right bus and i was very proud of him because that was a big step we have not had to cross that milestone yet and he made it to where he needed to go so it made my mama heart feel a lot calmer about you know what he needs to do the rest of the school year and i guess i should just have more faith in him so anyway my conversation this week is with Jennifer Zilke. She is a zookeeper that um, I actually met a few years ago, but her and I have never really talked about mom stuff, so this is a really nice conversation to have. We talked a little bit about kind of the differences between having younger kids in this field and now she has older children in this field. And, you know, what what is the difference between working being a working mom of littles and now being a working mom of older children? Or is there any difference at all? Is it kind of like the same stuff, just a different age range? You know, we, t- we talked quite a little bit in depth about that. And then towards the end of our conversation, we kind of talked about being, you know, your true authentic mom self. If you're not that mom that likes to get down on the floor and play with her kids, then that's fine, you know, and really, you know, showing up for your kids in the way that is authentic to yourself I'm not that mom that likes to get on the ground and play with her kids and so we talked a little bit about you know what that's like and really trying to just you know be yourself for your kids and not worry so much about trying to be that mom that you see on social media or that you see on television if that's not you and that's okay so I really enjoyed our conversation we just talk about a wide variety of things and it was really really nice so I hope that you also enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Zilke hi Jennifer thank you so much for joining me today
1: hi thank you so much for having me I'm excited
0: yeah I'm excited to talk to you too because we have known each other kind of for <laughs> a number of years but we've I know, never right? actually really gotten to like sit down and like chat like this no, in depth so I'm I looking know. forward to it um, tell me a little bit about as we start off here kind of like your zoo journey and you know what made you want to get into the field and kind of what your history in that is
1: Definitely. Um, So I have been a keeper for, it's been close to 15 years now. I started, um, well, I was a farm girl growing up, a farm girl in the Midwest. And so I grew up with animals, uh, you know, kind of being the lifestyle. And then when I went to college, I got a bachelor degree in wildlife education and then went, uh, my very first big girl zoo job was in Dallas. And so I moved completely away from home all by myself. It was super exciting. I loved it. And then uh, during, um, during college, I had done some internships, and one of my internships was at a smaller Midwestern zoo And so, uh, after Dallas, I got hired on there full time and I worked there about eight years. And at that point in my life, my husband and I got married and had two babies and then we decided we were ready for a change and we ended up moving to another Midwest zoo, uh, which was a city that he also found a very good job. So it worked out really well being in the zoo world. It can be hard to have both, uh, you know, both partners, yes. being able to find a job in the same city in the same career because there's not zoos everywhere. Yeah. So it worked out really well. So now I'm at a different Midwest Zoo uh, and I've been here about eight years.
0: Awesome. And uh, what have you worked with over the years? A little bit of everything or do you have a specialty?
1: <laughs> a little bit of everything. When I was in Dallas, I was large hoofstock. So I started out doing giraffes and elephants. Elephants were amazing. Still mm-hmm. one of my very big heart animals. Uh, and then when I moved to the smaller Midwest zoo, uh, being smaller, you had to work with everything. Mm-hmm. That was just the nature of the zoo. So we did, you know, reptiles and birds and mammals and, um, I ended up being a part of a section or the primary keeper in a section that was called the children's zoo and it was smaller mammals. So I worked primarily with, uh, crested porcupine, meerkat, gibbon, uh, red panda, which was another big heart animal of mine. That still is a very big piece of my heart as yeah. red pandas. And then, um, what else did we, I'm losing what else we had but anyway uh, um, a <laughs> lot of things and then moving to this bigger midwest zoo i am on an outdoor trail that has all large hoof yeah. most of which are cold tolerant species since we're in a uh, midwest zoo and everybody's yeah. outside so and i do uh, some carnivore work here too so brown bears and tiger and leopard
0: that's awesome i love that um, like I have a variety of experience as well. And I think it's great when you can kind of like diversify and like sometimes you work with things like you didn't even know you would like. <laughs> like Absolutely. birds, for example. I never yeah. thought I would like working with birds and I love them, so. Yes,
1: yes. And I tend, people always want to know like, what's your favorite animal? And I say, I tend to gravitate toward whatever I'm currently working yeah. with. <laughs> so like right now it's brown bears and I adore them. If you would have asked me, you know when I was at my other zoo it would have been red pandas so and then elephants so yeah Yeah. I just gravitate toward whatever I'm working with
0: yeah that's awesome um so you mentioned that you had your children a zoo ago not the current facility that you're at now um, which goes probably kind of like halfway in the middle of your current career tell me a little bit then a little bit then about your children and, and who you have with you then Definitely.
1: So my son will be 13 next month, which is bizarre. (laughs) It's so bizarre. (laughs) And my daughter is nine. Um, My son is a very big gamer and and not so much the athletic type, um, definitely the computer kid. And he has some behavioral special needs, which has really played a big role in my mom slash zookeeper career. Uh, decisions and and Mm -hmm. you know methods and things and then um my daughter is very artistic she's my little animal girl so (laughs) she always talks about wanting to be a zookeeper when she grows up we'll see see how that pans out (laughs) I
0: actually asked another mom this what if she does want to be a zookeeper is that a journey you're you're willing to support
1: (laughs) I think so no, I yeah. think Knowing so. Knowing all the challenges yeah. that we know right? about
0: the field, exactly. and the great things as well too. But definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. I think that's any career you find it. It's very um, shut in a very glowing light before you're actually in the dirty business, yeah. <laughs> and then you find out all the details.
0: Yeah, yeah, like Mike Rowe when he did his dirty jobs. Yeah.
1: And it's yeah. like you
0: think these might be glamorous, but really, truly, <laughs> look exactly. at all of, all of the physical, actual exactly. physical dirt there is.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: So, your kids are um, a little bit older now. You've got one going into teenagerhood, I guess, technically. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm sure that must bring up a whole slew of worries <laughs> that oh comes my gosh, along with it.
1: So much. Yeah, I can't even imagine when we have to start learning how to drive. That's going to be scary for me. Yeah, we're going to let dad take care of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then um, can let's, let's kind of bring ourselves back to when they were little. <laughs> and you had children and you're entering the workforce with children, with little kids. Um, Tell me a little bit, kind of how that time in your life was entering into, you know, being a working mom now that you've got children in tow, and was it different than what you expected, or was it better than what you expected? What was that like? I think
1: uh, better and different. Mm -hmm. Um, The facility I was at at that point in time, the small zoo, was very accommodating, and I worked through my first pregnancy up until the very last minute. I ended up calling in the morning I went into labor. So I was supposed to be at work that day. Um, And they were great about accommodating me and and helping me out in the physical aspect of Mm -hmm. you get bigger, there's things that are harder for you to do. Um, And everybody was wonderful with that. And um, I think, you know, you you know, you expect that it's going to be difficult to have a career and have children, no matter what your career is. But I think it's just... it's very eye-opening when you're actually in it yeah you know it's going to be hard and it's going to be you know time consuming and challenging but it's hard and time consuming and challenging yes so yeah i think um the facility i'm at right now has also been really good i think when we moved here my kids were not quite as as little so they were a little more independent which was Mm -hmm. really nice but um when i had my first child my son uh and and just figuring it all figuring out all the things you figure out as a first time mom as well as maintaining a career that was that was pretty crazy town
0: yeah and so where did you turn to to try to figure out did you have family nearby did you have other you know mom friends that were in the field or outside of the field
1: i did have mom friends i had so um my siblings uh don't have kids my my two sisters neither one has kids my brother has kids but they're older so so family wise you know my mom and my husband's mom helped us out a lot mm-hmm. which was wonderful but I think for my emotional well-being um my co-workers were all having kids yeah. around the same time there were actually three of us pregnant at the same time uh and so we had uh, we actually have super cute little baby bump pictures oh. of all of us. <laughs> but but um, those ladies were huge in yeah. in my mental stability and in my mom support group. So that was, uh, I'm still close with them. And it was very, very special to have that all of us going through that at the same time.
0: Yeah, that is. It is nice having that kind of like camaraderie. You're all kind of experiencing similar things so you can all kind of like have each other to lean on. Definitely. Um, it's, you know, it's not, not always possible for every mom to have a pregnant friend, but I too did have a really close friend who was pregnant in the same time I was with my son. And that just like made the world of difference. Yeah. Because, you know, I could tell her what to expect because I was a few months ahead, but then like, you know, just having her to lean on after the fact of like, Oh my goodness, like, are you also experiencing this? (laughs) Are you also an emotional mess? Like I am. Totally. Yep.
1: Yep. And one of the girls had had children, Um, before me and so she was huge in the the mechanics of figuring out like you know we were choosing to to pump um, Mm -hmm. breast milk and so it was like figuring out how to process that Mm -hmm. I mean that is like a whole thing when you're at work and you're filthy and you have to find a private space and so she was huge in helping with a lot of those sort of technical things navigating all of that through work um, but definitely the emotional part too
0: yeah that's amazing I'm glad that you had that support Do you have um, co-workers now that also have children at this facility?
1: I I do. Um, It tends to be a little bit different age range. So several of the moms are newer moms. So I think I'm probably a little more experienced Mm -hmm. in the situation (laughs) when it comes to that. But we definitely have a wide variety of uh, ages in our team. So we have people who have a lot of um, experience with kids for years and people that are just starting. So we're definitely uh, a good match and a good, we we balance each other nicely and support each other really well.
0: Yeah. So you know, as a mom that you tend to go through different like stages of parenthood where like something will be like really hard for a while and then they'll kind of grow up and out of it. And then you enter a new kind of different and a new kind of hard as they
1: age. (laughs) 100%. Yes. What
0: are some of the big differences between things you would experience as a working mom when they were little and now that they're a little bit older what are what are some of the differences
1: i think so one of the very f- important lessons that i took away from uh, one of my my pediatrician when we had my son said don't freak out about the things they're not even going to remember mm-hmm. not that it's not important but like you know your your kids aren't going to remember when they're six months old and they weren't sleeping and you were a nut and couldn't sleep and <laughs> yeah. we're losing your minds. Just, just don't, just don't freak out about that stuff. And mm-hmm. that was really huge. I think, um, you know, when you're in it, it seems to last forever. And so you're like, Oh my God, this is really, really hard. You know, the lack of sleep, the being messy, the having a completely dependent, being you know mm-hmm. you we as keepers go to work and we give ourselves to our animals and our co-workers and our you know guests and so to come home and also need to give mm-hmm. it, it's exhausting and when you're in it it seems daunting and never-ending and then as my kids get older and get more independent, I can look back and be like, "Well, actually, that was like two weeks, <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> yeah, that big of a it deal."
0: Wasn't years <laughs> of my life, <laughs> right,
1: right. And so, I think that's a big thing that I have seen out of all this, and and sort of the level of patience that you learn mm-hmm. is just immense yeah. <laughs> when when you have a child that's growing up. But yeah, definitely the kind of um, balance of at first. Your kids need you, and they need 100% of your attention. And then as they get older, they're more independent. And it's twofold because then they're starting to do more things. They're in sports and dance and, you know, school activities. And so that becomes a bit of a challenge because we don't really have what would be considered a normal 9 to 5 workday schedule. So that's a bit of a challenge as they get older. Um, So it just changes, you know, there's challenges no matter what. They just sort of morph into different, different challenges.
0: Yeah. Do you find that as your kids get older and you're kind of having to now manage their lives, kind of as little tiny adults, (laughs) along with your life and their social life and their activities, does, has it become more challenging to try to like carry all that in your head and that mental load? than when they were just little and they, they only relied on you but at least you weren't trying to manage like play dates and soccer practice and all of that <laughs> that
1: is actually easier for oh, me good to know <laughs> yeah that's easier for me because it's predictable you know yeah. I can have a schedule and my husband my partner is amazing and so supportive and and such an involved parent you know it's not like Mom and dad are sort of separate levels of involvement. He's so involved. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a huge difference. It definitely would not be as easy as it is without him. Um, and But, yeah, I, I find it easier as I get older only because I, I operate that way. I can mm-hmm. look at the calendar two days out and be like, all right, in two days I'm going to have all these things and I have to prepare. And, mm-hmm. and that's easier for me to process than, you know, oh, look, my baby is – barfing everywhere and what am I going to (laughs) do you know just those unexpected things so I'm a planner
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that does help yeah (laughs) to have to have a calendar and be like I know it's coming up I know what I need to do it's not going to change it's pretty regular yeah Yeah. I could see that yeah definitely being um, a good thing what are some skills that you think that you um, grew in your zoo life that were able to easily transfer over into managing children
1: I love this kind of question because I actually I I tell people this I'm like you are just training (laughs) if you are a trainer at a zoo all of those skills are applicable 100 percent and so I have felt like my my level of patience like I mentioned earlier um, you tend to like if you have a zoo animal that's scared or nervous it, it, most people have an unlimited depth of patience because they understand that that being is not doing something you know that you don't want them to do out of spite mm-hmm. and with humans you tend to sort of get a little snarkier and assume you, you don't give them quite the benefit of the doubt yes. and I th- I think with animal or with with training learning to train an animal it's totally applicable to kids in in what you need from them because they're just little animals yeah (laughs) um and i think that um definitely learning the balance between you know the the tasks you have to accomplish in a day because a zookeeper you can always find something to do there's always things to do and that's definitely the same as a parent there's just hundreds of things you need to be doing and sometimes you just need to find that balance and so i think you know that that management that I don't want to say compartmentalizing of, of situations um, definitely applies as a parent as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think you bring up an important point of we often don't give humans especially tiny humans like the benefit of the doubt like we think that you know you're five now you should be able to you know process this in your brain you should be able to do this Whereas with the animals, we are a lot more willing to be like, oh, well, you know, they they don't know. They don't have that ability. They can't process that that way. You know, they don't have that skill. But I've been doing lots of... um reading and internet sleuthing recently <laughs> for troubleshooting our own toddlers um, temper tantrums and stuff like that and it's like I have to keep in mind based off everything I've been reading that like he does not literally his brain literally is not developed enough to understand yes. like x y or z yeah so yeah I do have to be more patient and I consider myself a pretty patient person but like yes. we do have to like really like Okay, this is not intentional. Like, right. Know, this is just truly how they are wired at this point yep. in time. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and it's okay. And it doesn't yes. have to be perfect right now. Like, he's yep. still learning how to be in this world.
1: Right. And 100%. Like,
0: but that's so hard.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. And it's hard when, as a parent, you're like, I have told you this 46 times. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't it process? But it just doesn't. It and doesn't. they don't, it, it just, you just have to kind of let it go
0: yeah and I can't expect it to process I'm just gonna have to say it you know 41 times and make sure (laughs) exactly that I continue to guide him yes (laughs) like a little bowling ball with bumpers down the lane (laughs) that's
1: that's exactly right just what it's gonna have to be definitely need those bumpers up for a long time
0: (laughs) for a long time yeah Yeah. I think I just heard recently like, like the human brain like um it doesn't fully mature until like you're 20 something or maybe even close to 30. Like it's something insane. I was like, yeah. wow, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> right. And you're like, Oh, we'll just send these people off into the world when they're 18 yeah. and they're only half mature. Right. Like, no wonder make good
0: decisions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my scary. son,
1: my son is, uh, I guess he would be considered neurodivergent. He is, Not quite on the autistic spectrum, but has a lot of autistic Mm -hmm. tendencies and and some behavioral special needs. And we have learned that his brain is very cause and effect tunnel vision. And so, like, if you say yes to something, you cannot change your mind later Mm -hmm. because his brain processed that as a yes. And I think that that has been a really big thing for me, applicable kind of in reverse in animal training because you're setting up an expectation you cannot change your mind because that animal, that, that child doesn't process you changing your mind or yeah. bringing in different variables. And so it's, it's definitely, you think about things a different way because yeah. you're like, well, actually, yeah, I did say you could do X, Y, and Z. And so when you tell your child something different and they freak out, you have to kind of think back and be like, what did I really say? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important in in training animals too because you're like what what did I really ask of them or what did I really present with my body language you know and I think that's it's a big big carryover
0: yeah which is all part of you know the relationship building and you know building that trust with your kids with your animals and in having that close relationship so that you guys are understanding of each other (laughs) especially when times are trying and hard
1: definitely
0: yeah yeah do you have a hard time um leaving work at work
1: yes absolutely yeah I think I have I have and a lot of us identify us being zookeepers identify this way in that being a zookeeper is very much an identity to me it's mm-hmm. not a career it's an identity and so yeah when I have stressful situations it comes home with me and I think uh, it definitely affects my home life I know it does mm-hmm. and that's hard it's a hard thing to process Um, My husband, again, is so very supportive, and he very much understands how much I bring it home. So that's a huge component in the peace and success of our household is his understanding of that.
0: Have you found any ways to try to leave the work at work would you have any personal tricks or tips that you do
1: oh that's tough (laughs) people always want to know how
0: do I fix it how do I try
1: (laughs) I honestly I don't do a very good job of it but I I will say when I do when I'm able to take some time off it takes me a few days Mm -hmm. to really let go and then once I've been gone for, you know, maybe two days, like day three is when I'm really like, okay, Mm -hmm. everything's okay. So, I mean, definitely take time for yourself and and you kind of have to, like I said before, compartmentalize these things but for me, it is. It's super hard to leave work at work. It's yeah. I, it's constantly in my brain. So I'm not very good.
0: at that. <laughs> Well, I think that's one of the unique aspects of this field is like in, in any field where you're caring for another living being, like even being a nurse or a doctor, like, you know, of course, you're going to be worrying about that person, that animal. You're going to have it in the back of your head because you're putting a lot of energy every day, you know, five days a week in a zookeepers. Um case in trying to keep this animal alive and thriving and with good welfare. So it makes sense to me that we bring that home with us. Um, It just, I think, makes the home life aspect then sometimes very challenging because we've already got a lot of that mental and emotional, um, you know, worry going on and then we're worrying about our our children (laughs) and our husbands and our personal life and our family. Yeah, I think that is definitely one of the unique aspects of this field
1: definitely I think we as a as a career it really does fall in line with those similar um, caregiving roles Mm -hmm. like nurses and and things like that is we're so empathetic we're so empathetic and it's hard to kind of spread that wealth between work and home you need that's definitely a balance you have to find
0: yeah Do you often then, you know, the reverse, find that your um, home life and your mom life stuff infiltrates your mind while you're at work?
1: (laughs) It does. And I think a lot of it is in my personal life is my son's special needs because he will have days at school. Like every time my cell phone rings and I see it's a school number, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. what's going on you know it's never like oh whoops something little or he forgot his lunch yeah. it, it is instantly this like oh god what's going on and then you know if i know he's having a bad day at school the rest of my day my brain is focused on him and yeah. not at work and you know when you're working with very large carnivores or very dangerous large hoofstock yeah. that's tricky because you're like no i need to be present right now with this tiger right. <laughs> so i don't get eaten and, and it, i i but right now I'm with my son in my brain. I'm in in mentally with my son. And so, yeah, that's definitely tricky. Uh, the back and forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I have not figured out a way yet for me to be able to, <laughs> I no. mean, I guess ultimately I shouldn't have to separate it. It is life. It is all just life. It is yes. all of my life, you know, yep. being at work and being at home, it's all one big life. So like, definitely. it doesn't have to be two parts of a whole, but that is sometimes how I feel is like they're two oh, parts. Sure. But maybe I just have to temper my expectations and look at it different.
1: Yeah. I think for my particular current facility, my coworkers and my my management are super supportive and, and understand the needs of parents. And mm-hmm. so if there's a point where I'm like, I got to go, yeah. I just have to leave, everybody understands that, which is super helpful. That environment makes being able to have a career and be a parent doable because you don't have to feel guilty Mm -hmm. I mean you still do because that's how we are (laughs) but it's just definitely it's acceptable and totally understood if you need to leave your work to deal with your family
0: I think that that probably makes the biggest difference I'm sure just being able to take that time and not feel like you're walking away from people who are going to hold it against you Yes, you know, yes. just like okay, they understand it. That's great, and I'm going, <laughs> and I'll be yeah, back and later. And it doesn't and mean and I'm less dedicated. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And me personally, as a coworker, I try very hard to do that with my my coworkers mm-hmm. because I don't want them to ever feel guilty about taking that time that they need for their personal lives. Like yeah. that's so important.
0: Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Personal lives are so important. I think to put as much time and energy into. As we do our career, which is often hard for us as zookeepers because we pour everything into it. Yes, but it, you know, very that, much. That is a very important part of our life as well. Yeah. Have you found it challenging to be involved in um, zoo things or to, you know, go after something in your career that you maybe wanted to um, because you had a family at home? Or, and maybe that yes, not, you know, maybe didn't necessarily stop you, but maybe it just wasn't like the right time because yes. of the family.
1: Very much. Um, Things like conferences, Mm -hmm. uh, continuing education, to try and fit that in with a work schedule as well as a home schedule, I found it very, very hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the recent years with the development of a lot of more online courses and online conferences has been really helpful because I can do that from home. The traveling is really difficult. You know, it's, The timeline and making it work with babysitters or, you know, partners' schedules can be very tough. And I think in my personal career, I, as a younger keeper, had lots of aspirations and and I still have those same goals as sort of, you know, kind of the level that I would like to be at ultimately, you know, my, my ultimate like not necessarily topping off but like how high I would like to go in the chain of the zoo world and it's definitely not where I feel like I would want to be being a 42 year old woman mm-hmm. because of the timeline of events and I think it's that was a little bit hard for me to kind of grasp and and now that my kids are older I can put a little bit more time into my personal work goals mm-hmm. knowing that they are more independent and you know, uh, it's, I can focus on me a little bit more. There were definitely years where me me, was not an option. Yeah. And now I'm feeling like me and my goals can be a little bit more to the front and
0: center. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I hope that you do get to accomplish whatever Thank it is you. that you're striving for. <laughs> because that is so important to us sometimes to be able to feel like, you know, we've also accomplished the things that we originally set out to do. Definitely. Or at least have tried our good college try best, you know, and (laughs) didn't just like shove them aside. Right. Uh, Yeah. Um, Do you think that, you know, like you said, as the kids have gotten older and they're a little bit more independent, it's been a little bit easier to focus um, on, you know, maybe career stuff or me stuff. Do you think that um, it will, like, you can also focus on potentially like, outside hobbies from the zoo world and you know do you have any outside hobbies that besides you know um going to the zoo that you think you probably try to focus on a little bit more
1: i do i i am a crafter i'm a craft nerd i love learning new craft things and so i like to take classes at the local community center and things like that you know painting and pottery and things like that Mm -hmm. and i that's very decompressing for me as well. I am definitely able to zone out. So it's cathartic for me to make that happen. And so when my, my kids being older, you know, they can make themselves a sandwich for dinner. I don't Mm -hmm. have to prepare a giant dinner on the night I want to go to class and, you know, they can shower on their own. I don't have to spend an hour giving a bath. So that has definitely allowed me or personal time to do things like that I, I like to play volleyball so I can go one night a week and do that with some friends so those kinds of things definitely get easier as the kids get older yeah
0: yeah, I think that's good to hear for a lot of our moms out there who are right now in the thick of it and have little Definitely. kids and are feeling like, oh my goodness, what the heck did I do? Like, I'm never going to be able to focus on anything again that's other than these. Right. Kids. So yeah,
1: like, oh, I guess I'm going to come home and then feed another animal and bathe another animal. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But it does. It, it gets back. easier.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> what would you tell a new mom who's in this zoo field? What's a piece of advice that you would give them?
1: I think I. I touched on it before that when you are in the thick of things, it feels like it's all consuming Mm -hmm. and it's, it's never ending, you know, the sleepless nights or the schedules of a toddler or the, you know, the, the tantrums of a toddler (laughs) and managing a little one. Um, But when you look back, it's not that long, it's not that long of a time and and you can do it like you can do it. It's, it's tough and you're not going to be perfect. But if you're present for your kids, Mm -hmm. that's, that's all they care about. They don't care that the birthday cake you made looks like crap and tips over. (laughs) You know, they, they don't care if you buy a birthday cake from the store. It doesn't matter. You know, as long as you're present for them. Yeah. I think that that's important and, and it does, it gets easier as they get older.
0: Have you ever struggled with getting into that mentality of I'm trying to make it perfect and then having to take a step back and be like, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Yes. And I, I think, I think of like looking back on situations, especially you know, because always hindsight is twenty twenty. But looking back on situations, I can say, my kids, they didn't care what was important for them was that mom tried to make this really cool cake. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with how good it tasted or if it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's the effort you put forth, and and even even now like I am so exhausted when I get home from work I am not the like let's go play kids like I'm like I'm gonna sit over here on the couch (laughs) while you do some stuff (laughs) you know and but but you know for me it's like well let's play a game so I'm sitting I'm still doing something and that's all time Mm -hmm. spent with them that's important attention and time that shows that they matter to me even though I'm not like let's go ride a bike let's go outside and play you know so you just kind of have to find the little things to be present that you can you can give give what you can give and they'll see that
0: that's true I mean be true to yourself do the things that like you don't have to be the mom that is portrayed Um, in the media as down on the floor playing with her kids, running in the park, you know, you're flying the kite, you're riding the bike. Like, if you were the type of mom that Enjoys being in the same room as her children, sitting. Wow, yep. I mean, that's me too. I don't, 100%. I do necessarily like to get down on the ground and play nope. imaginary games with my yes, kids. I, just, I know, I'm not that mom. It's fine. <laughs> right? I admit it. Yes, but like, yes. I, I will do other things. So, like, give yourself some grace. Like, yes. motherhood doesn't look the same for everyone. Like, sh- right. uh, you know, shared time with your kids doesn't look the same for everyone. It Absolutely. can be exactly what you are what
1: your personality yes.
0: is and like that's okay definitely
1: yeah like I even like let's watch a movie together yes. that requires no energy on my part but I'm bringing them into a, an activity with me right. and I think that's makes the world the difference yes
0: and maybe we're cuddling on the couch while we watch yep. it you know we ate a bowl of popcorn and we did it exactly. every Friday night and yep. that is what they're going to yes. remember. Yeah, I often do fall into that trap of like, oh, but I'm going to be that mom who's like, you know, out there with her kids and we're riding bikes and we're, you know, doing. And I'm just like, but I don't like to do those things. (laughs) So Either. so Same. why am I forcing it because I'm sure right. that they can see I don't want to yes. be out here kicking the soccer right. ball around <laughs> yeah and you're
1: like oh god this is so dumb and I'm so tired and yeah. yes absolutely it's easier it's it's better for them in my opinion to do something that you are enjoying because they're gonna see you happy and yeah. they're gonna feed off of that versus begrudgingly doing something that they want to do yeah
0: yeah and of course you know I'm going to also, you know, try to, like, cultivate their interests and, yes. you know, do things that they also enjoy, but I don't need to force it every single time.
1: <laughs> 100% agree. <laughs> That's yes.
0: funny. That's funny. Oh, well, let's see here. Um, as we kind of wrap up, um, what do you think has been um, the biggest challenge in this whole entire process of, you know, working as a zoo mom and having children And then also as a takeaway, you know, what has kind of been the biggest surprise that was a blessing that was like a really cool thing?
1: I would say the biggest challenge for me is balancing my mental health because I'm very open about it. I struggle with depression and, you know, even as a brand new mom, I I definitely had postpartum depression, Mm -hmm, which I was undiagnosed, but like looking back, I was like, oh, that was totally it. And so that was a very big struggle and, you know, as I get older, as I get help you know medically um that that challenge still sticks with me you know there's still days where I just feel like crap Mm -hmm. and you just have to realize that it's okay for your kids to see you not being perfect all Mm -hmm. the time like that's not realistic in anybody's mind and you're setting them up to be real and empathetic when you can show them that sometimes you don't feel good it's okay for them to not feel good yeah like, let them be that way. And, you know, it, definitely mental health is, is a tough thing in our career with a lot of people, and it's a tough thing in any of these careers that are empathetic, you know, veterinarians and nurses. That's It's well known that our mental health suffers. And mm-hmm. so I think it's important to be open with your kids about those things. Um, but that's definitely a struggle. It is. And I think admitting it, realizing it at the very least is helpful for me
0: so, yeah same you know, we we've struggled with it in our family as well and me yeah. as well with postpartum and it was you yep. said I looking back on it now like 100% that's what was going on yeah and I was really worried with my second child that I would you know be in this again yes. and it was mm-hmm. different but maybe Absolutely. not as severe but
1: that's exactly how I felt. I
0: was just shocked that like mm-hmm. I don't know I just didn't you know expect to be feeling that mm-hmm. way and I you know after talking about it with other moms, and even now years later, and other moms being like, "Oh yeah, I totally was suffering from that as well." Like, yeah, it just makes me wish that you know more moms were talking about it with newer mm-hmm. moms. You know, not yeah. as a like, it's not a shameful thing, but no, like, or a warning, or, or a warning, that. but like also like be prepared that this is mm-hmm. maybe more common than you think. And like mm-hmm. here, here is how I tackled it. I'm here to talk to like it's, Yeah, it's. Because it can feel like, it makes you feel sometimes like, what is wrong with me? Oh, totally. And, you know, you've got Mm -hmm. these thoughts that creep into your head and, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's going to steal my baby. That was a massive (laughs) anxiety that I had. Like, and and there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with any of us. Like, but, but you're not, you're not the only one.
1: (laughs) The chemicals in your brain are playing tricks on you. (laughs) You know, your hormones are playing tricks on you. And it's a learning, you're learning a brand new skill. And even with baby number two or baby number whatever, it's brand new because it's a different child with Mm -hmm. a different personality and different needs. And and so give yourself some grace for that because, you know, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy at all.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest challenge we've had with the second one joining our family is the constant, like, overstimulation Mm -hmm. that seems to occur. Um, you know, with the first one, it was, like, my husband and me and him. And when he was being loud, it was just him being loud. Yes. But <laughs> yes. now it's a baby and a chatty. He was, like, yes. four, almost five at the time. Chatty uh-huh. five-year-old who is just chatty by nature. That's his personality. Yep. Constantly, yes. like, 20 questions. Even though there's a baby screaming and there's everywhere. And, you know, mom's trying to breastfeed. Right. Just percent over, like that sheer, like overstimulation of like, oh my goodness, I'm going yep. to lose my mind.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's real. It's real. And I, yeah, I think it's totally appropriate and important for moms to talk about it. Like I'm an open book and I tell people that I'll tell like, you, you can ask me anything and I will be honest with you. I'm not shy, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, so whatever you need, I am willing to, to talk about it. If that's helpful to somebody else and makes them at least feel that they're not the only one you know maybe yeah. I can't fix it but if I can say yes me too mm-hmm. that's something that's
0: helpful yeah just to validate the feelings you yes like yep what you're feeling yeah it's fine like exactly yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: 100%. yeah that's great okay well we got off on a tangent but I an know, important tangent I know. an important tangent thank you for being so candid and sharing yeah. with all of that yeah <laughs> definitely it's sometimes hard topics to talk about I know yeah so. Um, I think the other part of the question was what's been like the biggest amazingness, like blessing that's come out of, you know, having uh, children and being a mom and <laughs>
1: I think for me, you know, I kinda said in the beginning that zookeeping is such an identity for me. Me sharing this with my kids and Seeing my kids proud of me mm-hmm. for what I'm doing or what my job is, it's just, it just
0: makes crushes
1: sense. my heart in the best way. Yeah. It, it, you know, makes you so proud. And like we very recently adopted a tortoise, and my daughter is spectacular with this little <laughs> reptile. And it's just, it just warms my heart through and through. And, you know, I think when you see your little ones, learning from you and you know respecting the things that you respect it's just it's so fulfilling it's so rewarding and it just makes it all worthwhile
0: I agree well said (laughs) (laughs) well Jennifer thank you so much for talking to me today for sharing so much about your mom life and your and your zoo life I appreciate it Thank thank you it was fun all right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jennifer. I really enjoyed having this conversation with her um, because, like I mentioned, we do kind of know each other, but we definitely don't know each other as moms. So it was really nice to kind of deep dive into motherhood with her and to hear her story and to talk about mom things. And that was just really nice um, to get to kind of know her on that level. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, I want to finish this episode off by just telling a quick little funny story about podcasting. Um, at least I find it's funny. Um, but anyway, uh, so we have a small house here. It's about 900 square feet. It's not big. And there's honestly not many places where I can kind of sit down and actually record for the podcast. So I'm kind of stuck with like what I have, which is our back room. It's kind of like um, where we have our kitchen table and it is adjacent to the kitchen. And so the other night I was trying to record some intro and outros and you know, just kind of like get some things done. And I do this after everyone is in bed, the kids and my husband and I sit down and I'm always tired and I record. So I was like, man, it's really loud in my headphones. And I think that might be the refrigerator again, because this has happened before. So I went and checked the refrigerator and it was running and I have the ability inside the fridge to kind of like turn it down. And I noticed this the other day because originally I was just unplugging the refrigerator so that it wouldn't be loud until my husband was like, you really can't do that. Like it's not that great for it. And plus I have to like pull the whole refrigerator out from the wall, which is not easy or fun. So it dawned on me one day when I was looking in the refrigerator that I could just turn the little dial that's like kind of at the top inside down and it turns it off. It makes it stop running. So that's what I did. I recorded everything I needed to record. I went to bed. It was like midnight. Boom. Done for the night. Great. The next morning I wake up and I pull the butter out and I was like, huh, that's really weird. It's kind of soft and like didn't give it any second thought. Just put it back in the fridge. Went to work, had my day, came home, went to pull some meat out of the freezer. And I was like, wow, it's defrosted. What in the world is going on? And this is all inside my head, like I'm not saying it out loud to anyone, not my husband, no one. And then it dawned on me, I was like, oh no, I think that I did not remember to turn the refrigerator back on last night after I recorded. And I looked inside and I was like, yep, that's exactly what I did, I totally did not turn the refrigerator back on and it is off and it's been off now for 24 hours. And no wonder the butter was like kind of soft and mushy this morning. And now everything has basically kind of started to defrost in the freezer and everything in their fridge was definitely on its way to being too warm. And so (sighs) moral of the story, uh, don't podcast when you're tired. (laughs) And also, make a note for myself that says turn the refrigerator back on before I go to bed Um, because after that I was like well we're just gonna throw everything out I guess because I also can't afford to get food poisoning because if you're a mom and a dad and have to take care of sick kids you know what that's like and there ain't no way that I was like gonna risk getting food poisoning by saving any of that food so anyway There's my long, funny story. Um, If you ever start a podcast, learn from my mistakes. Don't turn your fridge off so that you can do your recordings. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and I will talk to you next week thanks for listening to the mothering wildlife podcast i'm your host elizabeth johnson this podcast is produced by john rossi check out his podcast rossifari and conservation tales wherever you listen to podcasts if you really want to learn all about the amazing people that work in zoos theme music by john rossi and taylor isaac gray visit us on facebook and instagram at mothering wildlife to like and follow us If you are a mom that works with wildlife and you want to share your story, reach out to me at motheringwildlife at gmail.com.